You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. <laughs> oh, this is just so geeky. Okay, so... Um, this in, is Lindsay Ted's. She's an economist, and she truly delights in her work. Yeah, we're all on our computers waiting for <laughs> these tables. Lindsay researches taxes and parenthood and poverty at the University of Calgary. And she's telling us about a day back in 2019 when she and her colleagues were eagerly awaiting the results of a government study. We're hitting refresh, waiting for everything to come out. And then, and then you know, you crash in the website, you're trying to download stuff, and you want to be the first one to be able to report. So what was so exciting about this particular set of numbers? Three years earlier, the Canadian government started an experiment. It was a new program that they believed could change the lives of the country's most vulnerable children. Politicians were confident. It's going to lift about 300,000 kids. 300,000 children. 300,000 children. 300,000 Canadian children lifted out of poverty. The results Lindsay and her colleagues were waiting on, it was the data from the first year of this program, 2017. This was their moment to see if this big idea to cut child poverty actually worked. And the numbers came out, and it was 280,000 kids have been lifted out of poverty because of the Canada Child Benefit. I mean, this was amazing. It did it. Like, in one year, in one year, <laughs> we lifted that many kids out of poverty. From the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is The Impact. I'm your host, Jillian Weinberger. This season... The 2020 U.S. presidential candidates have some big ideas. We're investigating how those ideas worked or didn't work in other places or at other times. Today on the show, Canada's plan to help its most vulnerable citizens, kids. A lot of U.S. presidential hopefuls want to do something similar here because the U.S. has a much higher rate of child poverty compared to its peer nations. Growing up poor means you're less likely to have access to good schools and nutritious food, and you're more likely to witness crime. Dylan Matthews is the host of the Future Perfect podcast and my colleague here at Vox. He's been spending a lot of time reporting on this. Well, if you don't invest in kids in one portion of society, that ripples out to the rest of society. So if you don't invest in kids, they learn less, they get lower-paying jobs, uh, they're less able to support their families, their kids are likelier to be in poverty. So there was an attempt recently by the National Academy of Sciences to try to add all this up. And it's about $800 billion to $1.1 trillion in costs that the U.S. as a society is incurring every year because of child poverty. So it's in a real way more expensive not to address child poverty than it is to address child poverty. This is clearly an enormous problem in the United States. But Canada seems to have found a solution. So I asked Dylan to go there to figure out what our northern neighbors did right. First things first, let's nail down what Canada actually did back in 2017. 
It's called the child benefit. So the Canada Child Benefit is money that we are providing to families with children to help them with the costs of kids. Lindsay Ted's again. When we talked to her, she told us this idea has been around for a while. We have been giving benefits for parents with kids since uh, about World War I. It changed a bit after World War II. Family allowances will give every child, regardless of the income of its parents, a better chance for a good start in life. And there were more changes in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. By 2015, there was a limited version of a benefit in place. Every family with kids got a little bit of money from the government, and they could claim more if they knew how. There were all these loopholes that were basically designed for privileged people who had time and money to spare. Uh, What we call up here a boutique tax credit. (laughs) So you could get some tax money back if you sent your kid to a very specific sports program or to certain approved art activities, or if you bought this kind of bus pass, but not that kind of bus pass, and if you paid with card, not with cash. Are you getting a sense of of the boutique part of these tax credits? (laughs) In 2015, as the country was gearing up for another election, the liberals said, All right, we actually like this idea of just giving people money. But if we're going to do this, it'll be different. We're going to get rid of all these boutique loopholes, and we'll just pour everything into one program. I'm proud to be sharing with you today our plan. This is Justin Trudeau in 2015, on the campaign trail before he's become prime minister. He's at a diner. There are parents sitting at tables and in booths, some with restless babies. Trudeau tells them, Our new Canada Child Benefit will be simple, meaningful, but most of all, it'll be fair. The Liberals won the election. Mr. Speaker, I'm proud to announce the introduction of the new Canada Child Benefit. A single mom with one child under the age of six and earning $30,000 a year will receive an annual benefit of $6,400 tax-free per year. Okay, now let mommy talk to these people. <laughs> Natasha Razuk is 40, single, earning less than 30,000 Canadian dollars a year. It's on the 20th of each month. Her hair is shaved short and she's got roses tattooed across her hands and her neck. It wasn't a huge shock to me when I learned she was really into punk and metal as a teenager. I saw Guns N' Roses and Metallica when there was the riots here in Montreal. The band played about six songs and then walked off. We were like, what? You didn't choose the right city. Some 2,000 disgruntled concertgoers began to set fires, break into souvenir stands, smash windows, and overturn cars. We're the best fans, but we're the craziest too, eh? This was in 1992. Natasha eventually left Montreal. She traveled to punk shows with her husky named Alaska. She'd crossed the border into the U.S., yeah, through the cornfields, literally mud up to our knees. She'd sleep outside under a bridge. Or in a park or <clears throat> at a friend's house if there was a friend in question, but not always. She was really young, a teenager. And later... Well, uh, to be 100% honest, uh, I'm a recovering heroin addict. She was on heroin for 17 years. And during that time, she had her daughter, Scarlett. A year after Scarlett's birth, Natasha got clean. That's the reason she has her rose tattoos. We call those my sobriety roses. Yeah, mommy. But getting clean is kind of just the beginning. Now Natasha has to work out how to take care of Scarlett. She was six when we met her, seven now. And she was a total contrast to her mom. Her hair was long and in a high ponytail. She was wearing lots of pink and listening to the Moana soundtrack on her mom's phone. Yeah, she's a lot more girly than I was. 
She loves to dance. She loves music. She loves to sing. Raising a kid is expensive. Scarlett needs clothes and food and school supplies and winter boots and stuff just for fun, like toys. Natasha, just out of rehab, at that point in her late 30s, she had to figure out how to pay for all those things. So when she heard the news about the new, much bigger child benefit... Well, I just remember, like, us, like me and a couple of friends of mine being, like, excited (laughs) about getting, like, this extra money that we're, like, going to be able to do more things with our kids and offer them more things. Natasha gets 466 Canadian dollars from the government, dropped into her bank account every month. That's about $356 in the U.S. That's money she can spend on whatever she wants, whatever will make Scarlett's life better. She doesn't have to do anything to get it. There's no application or paperwork. It's all based on taxes. It was liberating because I'm often, I wouldn't say restricted, I don't even think she realizes it because I try to make it like, but I know and it bothers me, you know? The new, more generous benefit covers all kinds of costs in the Razouk household. After school care for a month, uh, it's a lot of gas. It's 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 a million things. It's a snowsuit. It's two groceries at Costco. Like I can keep going. Like it, it's a lot of things, you know. But it also changes the kinds of things Natasha buys. You'll hear my producer Bird here talking with Scarlett. What's the best vegetable? Broccoli, cauliflower. Those are the best. And basil and asparagus are the best. Without the benefit. My God, I'd have to cut in my groceries. They'd be less healthy. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Because garbage is cheap. And fruits, veg, uh, we don't even eat that much meat. But it's it's really the fruits and vegetables that are super important for me. And probably activities, too. One example. Natasha just sent Scarlett to a superhero-themed summer camp. I can teleport and and, uh, I can turn invisible and I can go through stuff. What would you use your powers for? To say the word. Because the benefit can help pay for camps or for after-school care, Natasha is able to make even bigger changes in her life. So right now, she's in school for heavy-duty diesel mechanics. Big trucks, like the big rigs that you see on the highway, 18-wheelers, whatever. That's what I fix. She sees a chance to get a good, high-paying job once she gets her degree. I went for diesel because the money is practically double. And it's non-traditional also, so there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities for women. Do you think you could have managed to do the, the training you're in now without without the child benefit coming in? Go, go to school? Yeah. No. There's no way. Because I could have never paid for... Scarlett, put that down. I, I uh, would have never been able to pay for the after-school care, which I don't have a choice to take. So... What would you be doing instead, probably? I have no idea. Probably struggling and hustling which I don't feel like doing anymore. I'm 40 years old. Like, it's, it's done. It's over. Like, I mean, I've, I've had my share of uh, hardships in life. So clearly the benefit is working for Natasha, who's making less than 30000 Canadian dollars a year. But except for the super rich, everyone gets some money. It does go a long way in being able to put them in swimming lessons or karate camp. Lindsay Ted's, our researcher, is also a mom. And as a professor, she's not really struggling for money, but she still gets a little from the child benefit every month. And she finds it helpful. I'm an economist. My husband's an engineer. My son is not going to be an athlete. Um, It's taken us a long time to find the right kind of activity for him, and karate seems to be it. But that money allows us to experiment and find (laughs) that thing. (laughs) This all sounds great, but some politicians, even in Canada, have pushed back. 
They say, and have said, that not every parent is a Natasha or a Lindsay. Don't give people 25 bucks a day to blow on beer and popcorn. They say people will abuse this money, that they'll spend the money wrong. So after the break, how many Canadians are like Lindsay and Natasha, spending the money well and helping their kids? And how many are blowing it all on beer and popcorn? This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. So, are Canadian parents really using their child benefit to help their kids? Or are they just drinking more beer and buying lots of junk food? Our economist Lindsay Teds has looked into it. There is no evidence to support this notion that people spend it on beer and popcorn, at least in the aggregate. Where they spend it is on more nutritious food, on medication, on education, things that enrich the lives of their kids. There's also research that shows that parents like Natasha are less stressed as a result of the money coming in. The lower down the spectrum you go, the more this money alleviates stress. It allows them to free up uh, time that they're having to spend away from their kids, not investing in their kids, worrying about things. It just makes life easier. And when parents stop stressing, when they go back to school, when they have more time to look for a job that fits their skills instead of scrambling... Lindsay's research suggests that's good for their kids now and down the line. And eventually, it's good for everyone. What we see is for every dollar you invest in child benefits, you get back about five or more dollars in terms of increased income, increased output. This is an investment. This isn't just money being frittered away. So it seems like just giving cash to people is a really good way to help them. You're giving money to people. How could it not be successful? But in Canada, the child benefit doesn't exist alone. It works together with the rest of the country's well-developed safety net, something the U.S. doesn't have. Take Natasha. She gets money from the government every month, but she also gets a lot of other benefits. For example, we met Natasha at this place called Welcome Hall Mission. It gets $2.5 million a year in government support to provide people with food and housing and school supplies, including this free pink backpack Scarlett has that's covered in butterflies and full of gear. Oh, lunchbox, what's in here? Just the crayons and stuff. Yay, crayons! Natasha also gets some government help with rent. Scarlett's school lunch is subsidized, and they both get health care coverage. And five years ago, when Natasha was getting clean, she was able to go to this really special rehab that was paid for by the government. There is a mother-child rehab, so where you literally go to rehab with your child. The kid during the day goes to daycare. They have an on-site daycare, which is better than any daycare my kid's ever been to. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. 
We talked to a bunch of parents, and overall, they were really happy with Canada's safety net and with the benefit program. Like when you're working, it helps you to buy food and whatever you need. Stuff for the kids, a bed, milk, the essentials. Paying the rent, and so you do have a roof. It was a nice surprise. It's, it's great, actually. I am very, like, grateful. Still, for some families. Frankly... Okay, we have child benefits, yes, but it's not enough. We talked with one mom whose son is autistic. I have a little extra, but the little extra is like nothing compared to all the stuff that I have to get. Stuff like a child psychiatrist or a therapy dog that keeps her son calm or care services when she can't be with her son. Even with government supports and the child benefit, they're both struggling. As Lindsay puts it, Canada's no panacea either, right? We certainly have our our share of problems. Still, though, the safety net there is pretty robust. And that means that a parent like Natasha can use the extra benefit money to plug some holes as she works to pull her life together, to get the job she wants, and to give Scarlett a good life. If you wanted to do this in the United States, you'd have to really think about enriching that benefit to make sure you're covering all of those services. All on its own, though, a child benefit can still do an awful lot of good. And there's a bill in the U.S. Senate right now by Michael Bennett and Sherrod Brown that would cut U.S. child poverty nearly in half by instituting a child benefit. It would be worth up to 300 bucks a month per child. Almost every Senate Democrat is on board, including all the Senate Democrats running for president right now. Some conservatives like the idea also. I'm not going to lie, I think it's really, really exciting. This is the most ambitious proposal to tackle child poverty I've seen in my whole career. And in the United States, there are a lot of parents and kids just like Natasha and Scarlett. This proposal would help them out a lot. Dylan Matthews is a senior correspondent at Vox and host of the Future Perfect podcast. The Impact's producer is Bird Pinkerton. She also co-reported this episode. Our editor is Amy Drozdowska. Liz Nelson is Vox's editorial director for podcasts. This episode was mixed and scored by Jared Paul with help from Paul Mounsey. We had music from Jukebox the Ghost, APM, Poddington Bear, Chris Zabriskie, and Little Glass Men. Thank you to Zach Kahn, Marika Ball-Damberg, and Lauren Katz for all their help with marketing and engagement. Thank you to Sam Watts, Jerry Asbury, and Chelsea Dufour, who introduced us to some of the people featured in this episode. Thank you also to Megan Curran, Kevin Milligan, Natalie Matash, Jean-Guy Neptune, and Mirna Janti. They spoke to us at length and really helped inform this piece. And thank you always to Sarah Cliff. I'm Jillian Weinberger. Talk to you next week. <laughs>